Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes joining us here. Although, Mina, for this stake, we get to have reality Kimes on the show. Your other great passion in life, trash reality television dating shows. So, welcome, friend. Appreciate you coming. I'm just so grateful that you gave me this format, this platform, rather, to get these takes off because I have so many takes about the Love is Blind reunion which turns out many people probably still haven't seen. So however you want to cordon off the takes to protect people from spoilers, you're up to you. So I'll say this. I think at this point we're going to give everyone the heads up. This is going to be heavily spoiler laden. So save this for after you finally watched the re the live reunion, or I shouldn't say live anymore because Lord knows that was an incredible fiasco, <laughs> but uh, no, listen, Mina, it's only right considering you were the reason. So you and I, Sunday night, as Netflix is getting ready to host just their second live event ever, mm -hmm. uh, you got invited by Netflix to come to the live reunion watch party in Los Angeles. So we weren't actually in the studio audience for the reunion itself, but we were with a whole bunch of other reality TV stars and starlets, people that you, in your infinite wisdom of reality television, were just pointing out to me left and right. Was this just Valhalla for you last night? It really was. There's a Netflix show <laughs> called Perfect Match that's kind of like the Netflix reality all-stars, and that's what it felt like. Although most of the people from Perfect Match were also there, so I guess that's a little <laughs> redundant. But for those who are listening and watch any of these shows, Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, The Ultimatum, or The Bachelor, which is not a Netflix show, but there were some Bachelor contestants there. Um, it really was a who's who of 
the reality dating world. Uh, just Love is Blind alone, previous seasons, rattling off some of the names. Um, you know, most of them were there, frankly. Deepti, Natalie, Iana, Mallory. We talked a little bit to Cole, who people might remember from the Zeneb Cuties fiasco. Um, it was pretty jam-packed. Which uh, Cole or uh, Brennan rather and Alexa were there together. He's very yes. tall, um, and that kind of made it fun because not only did we get to kind of you know hobnob with them, but you got to see their reactions in real time to the reunion because the crowd was raucous and the crowd had a lot of a lot of emotions. It was it was wild, and because we had the delay built in, so you and I were in this bunker here, and we tweeted out the picture from that beforehand, which meant that as soon as things went sideways, we became everyone's go-to mole source <laughs> on the inside, trying to act like we had any inkling of what was going on more so than most. I have to imagine your phone in particular was ready to melt. Yeah, so I posted a photo of us, and then when five o'clock Pacific hit, oh, there you you've got you have the goblet with you. We got goblets. Um, and it hadn't started. I was getting a lot of questions like, what's happening? You know, is this, what are you hearing? What is, what is going on? And while we didn't have any intel, um, I guess after about an hour and 15, 20 minutes or so, uh, they, so it was posted by Chloe from too hot to handle slash perfect match. And, uh, she announced to the crowd that the live feed was not happening. This was unbeknownst to us really america was freaking out the world was losing their mind because this live feed wasn't happening there was also a very exciting nba game happening at the same time (laughs) and she came up and told us that they were going to proceed with the taping and we would be able to watch it but it wouldn't actually hit the netflix servers so because of that um in a very, very serious tone, we were told, you, well, you're watching this, but you cannot post about it. You cannot reveal things that have happened um, because we don't know when other people are going to get to watch this. And let me tell you, they were they were looking at our phones. Like there was Man. security people walking up and down a very, very intimidating, like eight foot tall security man. <laughs> kind of got in the way a little bit. No big deal. Um of my line of sight to the TV. It, it was like a big screen. They were looking at us to make sure we weren't posting about the reunion. So I felt very nervous about having my phone taken away. Yeah, it was very much like hall monitor energy from that group. The word embargoed actually got thrown out at the beginning of this. So it went from zero to 60 really quick because we had gone from that hour break full of watching the Too Hot to Handle crew take shots over at the open bar to then all of a sudden everyone shutting down the doors on this very quickly in the name of content, which did also make me feel very special. Like it went from being a cool experience already to then us being shut in with this. And you mentioned... Everyone then at that point has been chasing around hors d'oeuvres like we did. People were hitting the so open bar heavy, which meant once this started, the re- like the hooting and hollering was at an all-time high. So, Mina, let's get to the actual reunion. We got everyone back on stage after the yeah. delay. Nick and Vanessa Lachey open this up. And at the reunion, we have got the three married couples that actually made it. So Chelsea and Kwame, Bliss and Zach, and then Tiffany and Brett. We have the three single uh, people up on stage, so Paul, Micah, and Marshall. And then we have the parties that were not pictured in Jackie and Josh. So, Mina, first and foremost here, what was the number one thing you were going into this wanting an answer on to start off with? Yeah, I think my biggest question, I was hounding some Netflix people 
<laughs> before it started about this was whether Jackie and Josh would show. We found out pretty early on that Arena was going to show. Um, but I wanted to see if they showed because for those who have been following the conversation around Love is Blind online, on TikTok in particular and Reddit, um, on Instagram, Jackie and Marshall, it's been kind of a, what would call it a cold war. Like there, there, there's been a lot of back and forth, mostly from Jackie's side, just taking yeah. shots, defending herself, posting timelines. There's been leaked chat threads showing her saying derogatory things about Marshall. So she came into this whole thing with the most to answer for and didn't have to answer for any of it, but what we can get to that. But anyways, she did not show. It was a Zoom, taped Zoom call, um, which was, you know, the, there was a lot I liked about the the programmer, a lot that I found interesting, but it was a little disappointing that she and Josh didn't show. Yeah, and I think that really was the biggest elephant in the room, and it became such a complicating factor because, yeah, it was a pre-taped interview that Vanessa had done with them. You could tell it was heavily edited. Vanessa was also very warm to them. Like, there wasn't a lot of pushback on any of the things about the timeline that Jackie disputed about her breakup with Marshall and where it coincided with her going to the coffee shop to meet Josh to start to rekindle that flame there. She claims that it was edited out of order. Most of us can look and see between what Marshall was wearing at the time and just, in general, how she felt about that relationship didn't seem like it was something that was that heavily edited out of order, but you had all of that, and then you had Marshall on set having to basically answer to this and talk down the line to a camera without actually getting to engage anybody, and so it really sort of robbed us of what was, I think, the chief conflict in the entire show. I mean, and Jackie said a bunch of things that were, like, essentially unchallenged um, by, you know, Vanessa didn't really push back on any of it, including, like, accusing Marshall of wanting the ring back so he could propose to another cast member. Yeah. Uh, to which Marshall later is like, I went on one date with the girl. But, like, it's just wild that she was, to me, anyways, given the space to just say all of those things with zero repercussions or questions. And also, again, like, we have seen the texts, the receipts on the internet of her saying homophobic things about Marshall. It's out there. She was not barely pushed on that. In fact, Marshall was the one who, you know, he was questioned about it afterwards, like really had to answer for everything. It almost felt like um, he was put on the defensive. So that was, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was also the end of the reunion, I should say. Like they, they saved that for the end. Oh, no, no, there was another abhorrent Bartiste video at the end, followed by oh, Vanessa God. just constantly, constantly asking people if they're having babies, which don't even get me started on that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That was, I thought, probably like the most frustrating thing about the reunion was that whole exchange. Yeah, especially with the whole buildup and billing being, this was going to be live. We were going to get all these reactions. Yes. And so for that to be as heavily edited as we know the show is, uh, definitely immensely frustrating. So we didn't really get a ton of closure there. Marshall tried to really deflect a lot of it and basically say, let's just stop the war of words online. He seemed like he was tired of being tagged and everything. And I think that overall, Mina, kind of shined through about everyone's yeah. reaction is this was as candid as I've ever seen reality TV stars in responding to the backlash online that they've received. Like they all in some way, shape or form mentioned the things that they've seen and heard from people being tagged online. Yeah, that's a really good point. Kwame and Chelsea, that was really like a huge focus of their... 
um, whole segment was just, I mean, they're also, I, I think they both felt like, and they posted about this, the, their relationship wasn't perhaps represented the in full. Um, but you know, a couple that's gotten a lot of hate, um, and then arena and Micah, you know, both responding to the negative, I guess, feedback that they've gotten online. Then they talked about both talked about it both seem kind of driven by it in their contrition. Um, even like Brett and Tiffany, who's like, that, so they're like America's sweethearts. So they're the ones who should be basking in the love of the internet, but they didn't seem to be, I don't want to say enjoying it, but um, they also they seemed, seemed uncomfortable, uncomfortable and like a little bit apprehensive about being public figures in a way that I found interesting, especially Tiffany seemed kind of, um, and like, you know, to be fair, like that's probably why they're so likable is that they're they, you know they they don't have that they don't give off the impression of wanting to be famous uh, as Zach so famously accused Irina of. Yeah, so let, we'll save the married couples and the ones that made it because we had three couples yeah. actually like so. The season was filmed a year ago. This reunion takes place after. These couples have now been together for about a year's time. And so I want to get to them and the results there. But you mentioned what I think was the other real big conflict, which was around Micah and Arena and their role in a lot of the bullying that we saw very early on in the pod stage of things. And then obviously how Arena treated Zach once they got to Mexico, once they got out of the pods and everyone was in person. So when it came to those two, Mina and Arena kind of having to address it yeah. first, but really it was billed as both of them. Well, Do you feel like this felt fell pretty short of holding them anywhere near accountable? Oh, uh, I thought Arena got held accountable. Micah was not even, she wasn't asked about the Kwame stuff at all. Only Kwame was asked about it. And then she wasn't asked about, they played the montage of her and Arena bullying people and like laughing at people crying and stuff. And she wasn't asked about that at all. And then we'll get to this stuff with her and Paul, which was probably my other most biggest source of frustration with the thing. But um, I, I thought Arena got held to task mostly because Zach showed up Woo! ready to let the choppers in. <laughs> I think Zach won this reunion by leaps and bounds. Um, not because he was even particularly like funny or charming, but because he he was just very direct and he seemed like the one least trying to be political of anyone. Um, so Arena, to your point, like so you know she gave this like very long winded rambling apology about her bullying actions or what it didn't play well. Let me just take this moment to give a piece of advice: if you're a bully and exposed on a reality show and you engage in a bunch of shitty behavior and America sees you and you and people really don't like you. Here's what you do. You don't try to justify it. You don't try to, you don't give a rambling apology. You show up, you look straight at the camera and you say, well, I suck. Like, damn, <laughs> I was an a-hole and people will cheer. Like it's so easy to get people back on your side. If you even, if you just take accountability and acknowledge that you were terrible. And um, yeah, she didn't do that. She's just, it was very incoherent. And then, and this was the, the, the part that I loved. Zach, like, basically, he was just like, no, you're treating me like crap. And he exposed, I don't remember if it was him or Bliss who exposed this, that in Mexico, this was yes. this was one of the juiciest moments of the, the reunion, she had DM'd Bliss, you dodged a bullet. So, because she gave this whole story, oh, I didn't feel safe. I was like, oh, I, you know, I had bad, Ugh. which was horrible. I, she basically was just like, I didn't like Zach. He made me uncomfortable, which is fine, whatever. That would be one thing. But 
she did something malicious, which is she tried to undermine him to bliss as well for no good reason, right? So once they exposed that, I do feel like Mike, like she, she got held accountable because of Zach and bliss, frankly, more than, you know, the hosts or whatever. Um, so I think that was one of the more actually satisfying interactions for me. I would, I would agree. You're right about that. And it is exactly because she kept trying to explain her reactions. Yeah. Every time someone else brought something up, because what I thought about the overall tone of the show was most of these people came in a year removed, ready to kind of Great move point. on from this stuff. They were ready to kind of offload the baggage. And every time one of the rest of the married crew said something, particularly Zach or Bliss, Arena always felt like she had to come back and say her piece on the other side. And so finally, they were like, listen, we've got the receipts. To your point, it was Bliss that brought that up where you said, as I was getting ready to re-explore this, she simultaneously sent some nice message to Zach, who she claimed in the pods and we saw on camera, asked him if he had thought about Bliss while they were together, talked about all that stuff, and then undercut him on the same side. And between that moment there and Zach just come out and flat out saying... I believe you were here to get famous. We all have the receipts that believe you were here to get fame. That was the one where we felt the entire room erupt. My hands immediately (laughs) shot up overhead. It was the biggest cathartic moment of that entire ordeal. Yeah, that that definitely was the moment I think that made people the happiest and got the biggest reaction from the crowd. And you, I think the audience, the small audience at the taping too, um, you know, went kind of nuts when that happened too. And as I imagined, like it was just. I think it, that's, again, why I found Zach's presence so satisfying is he really kind of seemed to actually say what he believed, including with Paul, which we'll get to. Like, he felt the most honest of anyone there. Um, and in that moment, like, I think he, I don't think he, like, planned everything he was going to say. I don't know if they even planned to talk about the DMs, per se, but it came across as pretty authentic. And while they've clearly moved on and they're very happy and he found a woman who seems to actually enjoy his singing, which is incredible. Oh, what a W for that dude. Um, yeah, they were like, no, we're not going to let this shit slide. And I appreciated it. Yeah, very much. Like you said, uh, really responding in the role of the hosts in that mode were uh, Zach and Bliss. So which we can get to that kind of specter over this whole thing about how it was handled. But yeah, Micah did get off easy because... She did, I will say, have a great arc on the show where by the end she became someone that seemed a lot more redeemable, someone that we were kind of rooting for by the end. I was kind of rooting for her and Paul to make it. They seemed like they were getting more lovey-dovey as the thing went on. And really, quite frankly, as she got further away from Arena, the one thing we saw between Micah's friends back home and then Arena, who she graduated to gravitated towards in the pod, is she seemed to really just kind of absorb who was ever around her. But she still went and did the things. She still was a part of all the actions, especially the mean girl stuff that we saw on the pods. And she completely got to dodge all that stuff in a way that was pretty lame. At a certain point, if you you have crappy friends in not one but two situations, you're the common denominator. And maybe you're, you're, she's certainly better at presenting on camera than Shelby. Speaking of people who got off the hook, uh, not that I really, you know, whatever, Shelby's a side character, you know. But um, yeah, I, I think it, it says a lot about probably who you are. The, the feeling I got to, you know, Micah Zark, and maybe we can kind of get into that relationship. Yeah. It felt like just based on how the couples acted, who they were, whatever, 
it felt like Kwame and Chelsea's storyline was, and I'm not saying it was like, it. clearly they fought, clearly they had issues, clearly there was some weirdness. The thing with Micah happened, all of that happened. So I'm not saying it was edited, but it felt like those moments were probably chosen to make the outcome more surprising. Because I was like, whoa, when Kwame said yes. And then seeing them in the reunion, they seemed really freaking in love, right? But like, whereas I felt like the reverse was true with Paul. Like, I don't know if you remember, but you know, at the day of Paul and Micah's wedding, he's with his friends. He's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm do. And none of them seemed that surprised. Like they were like, yeah, dude, I don't know. One of them was like, you know how I feel. And I felt like he, that guy probably said no, but Netflix didn't show him saying that. And the sense I got was we just didn't see a lot of Paul's doubts and some of the, you know, like it, it felt like we only like that again to make that moment a surprise. And it was a surprise. Yeah. The show is not. And, and by the way, I'm not criticizing netflix the show is entertaining if the outcomes are surprising right like that's we don't want all brett and tiffany's as much as i love brett and tiffany like you do want suspense but i feel like with paul micah's relationship we weren't shown a lot and because afterwards he was like i would get married or now i'll get married in 10 years i was like okay damn dude yeah he, he sort of piled it on there but you're right about the tip of the iceberg thing because again zach came up when he kind of got called out on whispering on the couch by Vanessa like he was handing notes in class, he said, Paul and I spent a lot of time. We were probably up till 2 a.m. the night before, and he said he genuinely didn't know what he was going to do there to underscore how conflicted he was about this and how little he knew. Zach kind of took us under the curtain again and said basically, no, I was with this guy, I was talking with this guy, and I knew how badly this was. And that led to the moment in the reunion that probably, I mean, I guess the Jackie and Josh thing was the worst, but was probably the thing that frustrated me. Well, now the baby thing is worse. Well, the third most <laughs> after ah! those two things, which was, so, you know, Paul, Vanessa brought up Paul saying, you know, he didn't think Micah would be a mother and Micah cried about it. And Paul said, I meant like, you know, like neither of us be parents, whatever. But, you know, he, he was like, you're not very nurturing. Or he, that's what he said in the show. Yeah. Which, like, I'm sorry, we just saw a montage of this one bullying other women. Like, we've seen kind of evidence that yeah. nurturing being not necessarily maternal, but, like, nice. But, um, you know, Micah was like, well, why would you tell me that or whatever? And Paul's like, I don't know, like, you can't just, like, tell someone to be more nurturing. But Vanessa was like a dog with a goddamn bone about this issue and was, like, drilling him on it. Like, over the cardinal sin of not telling her it was actually kind of confusing why she was so preoccupied with this when there are so many other more interesting things to talk about micah's you know she's clearly paul in an interview afterwards said he felt like she was biased towards him against him in, in favor of micah i mean i can see why he drew that conclusion micah is crying and like yeah why would you tell me da, da, da. okay then zach Steps in for his boy, once again, stepping up, being like very real during this reunion and proceeds to reveal two things, very interesting things. One, that mm. he heard from women afterwards that Micah never intended on marrying Paul. Interesting. Vanessa treats it like a lie, by the way. And then two, he's like, yeah, I was driving you back once and you were like talking shit about Paul. And then he starts to reveal it, and then Vanessa interrupts him. So we never know what he was going to say. I'm so, this drove me crazy. I was sitting next to you, Mike, losing it when she interrupted him. Because I was like, dude, I want to hear what she said. And we never got to hear it. Because they, the host diverted. I would say that was probably... <sighs> 
of the stuff that actually so came up on air, the biggest and worst unanswered question. Because the Jackie and Marshall thing, because they weren't there, we weren't going to get the same satisfaction. But that was a conversation that was happening. And we were about to get all of this information. Like, what we dream of. This idea that we're seeing 10% of what actually went on. And Zach continued to want to lead us down the path. And just... It just lobbed it up for us. And like, because there were some parts where I understood, like when Chelsea brought up when she was talking about her and Kwame's edit. And I think this was specifically in reference to Kwame and Micah talking at Chelsea's birthday party when they were all back in Seattle that never once got brought up as they talked about that relationship, never once brought that up as the evidence of their feelings and when they claimed their timeline of being broken up was, etc. But at some point in that, Chelsea uttered the magic words of, there were things about me and Kwame's relationship that were presented that were not part of our narrative or like out of our control, basically tried to insinuate this idea that that was not something that they Mm. had control over. And we know kind of the fourth wall that exists there. I could see why maybe they're supposed to stay away from that stuff. Cause like you said, criticisms of the edit are probably not a road they want to go down, but this was just, from their lives this had nothing to do with the edit this was just truth coming out that we were denied in this particular interaction yeah and i think i he said like some of the other women told him that she didn't want to get married and then vanessa was like who they're all here it was you it was you it was you it was arena and i'm like first of all you don't know that so stop it like you know what they're gonna admit it at this thing but also we we learned they played all these um they played like a montage of photos of them that all these dude people couples hang out all the marrieds hang out yeah. like um there was a vacation photo of zach and bliss chelsea and kwame and brett and tiffany that was adorable but also like there is to your point like they've all have th- this tea from being friends and th- that's the stuff i was really hoping would come out at this reunion not necessarily just how they feel about things or trying to apologize things or whatever. So I don't know. I felt like we were robbed of a moment to get like additional insight or controversy or whatever. Um, Because yeah, I mean, I believe Zach. (laughs) Well, like I said, at this point, based on what we'd see at all of this, yeah, you're right. What reason did he have to lie about that? And the pursuit of the Paul thing with Micah, seemed he did nothing wrong paul did nothing wrong sorry and all he was trying to do well he did and all he was trying to do there was basically not re-insult micah on stage at this event yes he did what anyone's done in a breakup which is yeah i don't want to say the awful thing to your face and make you feel worse than you already do and so now as they're pushing for it again they wanted him to say yeah you didn't seem very nurturing to me and i don't think you'd make a good mom whereas he tried to do the thing where he puts onus on him and say i didn't create that he was trying to work around it to not hurt her feelings that seemed pretty clear by the third or fourth time that we got that question drilled back in his face so it it was so odd i thought that if it was like who went into this thinking that Paul was going to get the most heat after we saw actual bad behavior from various parties, just so strange. Um, yeah. So it just, it became it. Yeah. Honestly, uh, free Paul, um, Zach definitely won the night of the married couples. Um, So obviously we had all three of them, Brent and Tiffany, like we said, pretty muted throughout the entirety 
of this thing. Zach and Bliss were the only ones that responded even a little bit to the idea and the constant inquiry from Vanessa about the love is blind baby, which can I just say like knowing you had that video from Bartice at the end, who they wanted to highlight was a little awkward because Nancy was in the crowd with us. Um, but great, by the way. Oh my God. Yes. I was going to say, you want to talk about someone who is living their best life. Looked amazing. Lady love it. But they show this video of Bartice asking at the very end, if anyone is close to giving us the love is blind baby, which Vanessa had already undercut three times in the broadcast. Like, if you knew you had that video coming, which is probably already an overstep and a bit ill-advised, bringing it up that many times along the way beforehand to completely rob the moment, it was just baffling. And that was where you saw, I think, Tiff and Brittany and... Excuse me, I almost gave them the couple name. Brett and Tiffany almost kind of getting a little bit mad. Like, they were a little bit agitated by the line of questioning, didn't you think? have a lot of thoughts about this. First of all... I don't know who thought bringing Bartice out as like this final voice was going to incite positive reactions from anyone. That would be like bringing out like a Marvel villain at the end of a Marvel movie as part of like the fun montage. I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. Um, Second, the baby stuff. I mean, aside from just being irritating, it's incredibly insensitive. We're talking about a bunch of women. I'm a woman in my 30s. Women in their 30s. And you you never know what people's journeys are with that stuff from a health perspective. So to put them on a spot on live national television and ask them about it, a question that I don't think any of them were prepared to answer, frankly. I I certainly don't think anyone went into that thinking that. It's ridiculous. And I thought one of Brett's... um, they didn't get a lot of uh, moments in this, which again is so bizarre, but I, I, I actually really liked the moment where he was like, yo, like he kind of took over in response to that question was like, we're not really talking about that here. And he was very firm and direct about it. And I really appreciated it because it's so intrusive. Um, and if you're going to ask it, you absolutely have to clear that beforehand. So yep, very much did not like that as a way to end this. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was really odd. It was, and like, you're right, that being almost the final note of what has objectively been the best season, I think, of Love is Blind. Like, as far as an entertainment value standpoint and what we came in to hear this with, and I get, you have three couples. It was an abundance of riches as far as this process actually, quote-unquote, working for everybody a year in, but for all the reasons you mentioned, felt very invasive and pretty insensitive. Can I say, too, though, on like a, a nicer note, I believe in all three of them. Is that crazy? Like, I mean, I know it's easier to say that because they've been together a year now, but the way they all three presented on stage, they all seemed like units. They all seemed like teams. They all seemed like they had each other's back in a way that, you know, felt very genuine to me. And like, if you ask me, do I think they're going to stay together? I think all three are going to stay together. Mina, I saw when you mentioned those videos they showed of all the married couples doing like the day in the life MTV Cribs thing. Chelsea and Kwame seemed like they might have had the as good a chance, if not the best chance, as anybody. Like, we heard so much about Kwame's very public love of Portland, which he explained, too, was also tied up in the fact that he would spend, like, half of every year out of the country for things with work and kind of put a little bit more color to that. We mentioned yeah. the edit that they likely got, but watching them interact together, for all of the things that I think Kwame legitimately deserved to have to answer for based on what went on in the season and some of the things that no matter what your edit was – 
they're there and you were party to, it, it does seem like a really actually cohesive fit in a way that did not feel the case at all, all the way up to and through them saying yes. So that was one of the bigger surprises for me on the night was how solid that relationship looked in particular. Yeah, we didn't really talk about their segment, but I, I, I the one thing that I think really jumped out is Kwame came correct with the apology about the Micah conversation, yeah. which whatever, it's one conversation. But he understood the assignment, which is you show up, you eat shit, you apologize to you know her family, her, whatever, you don't equivocate, and then everyone's happy. As soon as he said that, and you literally felt the crowd be like, Aww. Like yep. it's so easy. It's so it's not hard to get the crowd on your side. Um, and he knew what to do, and I thought he handled it really well, and I, I believed it. I bought it. Had you heard any of those rumors, by the way, that his sister Barbara was some sort of paid <laughs> actor? Because I had not heard any of that show up. She was incredible. Yeah. Loved her as a character, but I had never heard that, and Vanessa seemed hell-bent on making sure everybody yeah. knew that wasn't the case. She mentioned that like 10 times. Yeah, I had not. I, that internet rumor had escaped me. Must be like a TikTok thing that I missed. But um, yeah, Barbara, a queen. One of the great oh. winners of this season, no doubt. But Kwame's, you know, uh, siblings generally and friends, I thought were quite lovely. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, I don't know if it tops uh, Brett's brother Angus strictly mm. on name alone, but also oh. hairstyle and general His vibe. Dad, the cry towel. Oh, great parents. Uh, un unbelievable. Yeah, um, outside of Bliss's dad. <laughs> who we heard we heard the couple of parent parental updates. Uh, Chelsea had met Kwame's mom at this point yeah. a year in, which again. Figured would come up somewhere along the way. And apparently Bliss's dad and Zach are also cool now and got over that. He was, Mina, I don't know how you felt about him when that was all going down around the wedding. I understood where he came from as far as being inherently distrustful of the show's format. Like, I think yeah, most I think parents that was, probably have a reservation, I right? think his whole thing was entirely about TV. Like he was like, this is insane. This is whatever. And... You know, I do I think like you can still kind of be a little bit nicer? Sure. But I don't think that there was anything deep seated there and I don't think it was about Zach at all. I think he just looked at his daughter getting engaged in two weeks off of a reality TV show and was perhaps appropriately skeptical. <laughs> Right. Like, could he have presented it better? Yeah. Sure. And once you agree to sign the waiver to be on TV, like, I don't know what kept Kwame's mom in right. actuality from being a part of the show, but once you agree to be there, openly bleep talking the show's format and a little bit your daughter's decision making in the process wasn't all that great. But outside of that interaction, I mean, Bliss's mom, we had a banner set of parents and family members for the most part. Micah's friends also withstanding, but everyone else. I think performed pretty admirably in their roles. Yeah. Again, I thought it was really telling that none of Paul's friends seemed surprised that he said no yeah. after, which again, it, that was just, I was just like, oh, we didn't see a lot because they're like, yeah, we thought you, like they, his parents were like, you know, we just, even before when he was walking, they're like, we just want you to be happy. Like, yep. you know, you got it. Because I think I've read somewhere that most of them tell their families what they're going to do. So, like, I actually thought yeah. Kwame might say yes when at the last second his – I think it was his sister. It was Barbara who said something like, you're going to be a great husband. I was like, oh. Because – it, Which makes sense too, right? Because in most cases – and I think your point about so much of the drama that had to 
be accentuated was because Brett and Tiffany at no point were willing to play that game. Like every step along the way, they were affirming that very publicly in a way you probably couldn't edit out because it was just so consistent. And so, yeah, I'd imagine for most everyone else, you're going to tell your family, even though it's always presented that there are some who did not tell their families they were going on this reality dating show to begin with, which is always wild to me. my mind. Yeah, I don't understand that. Although I I, I heard that I've, Read somewhere also that they find out like pretty last second that they're going to, when they're on. Hmm. I think it was Kwame was like, yeah, my apartment was a, a total shithole because I had to leave in like 24 hours or something. You know, I was like, mm. that is one of my favorite parts when they first go back to everyone's home and you see all the guys very clearly living as single 28 to 30 something year old guys. I identified very much with Kwame's sweep, sleep couch, which did make its way to their new apartment as someone who often sleeps on their couch as a 33 year old and calls them road games during the week. So, And, and then you had Brett. <laughs> About that action, Brett, my man with the sneaker wall from heaven, who, as you pointed out, Mina, was talking about colorways with his dad on his wedding day. <laughs> oh, oh, from from the yeah. from the jump, yeah. We saw them on the way out. They all look great. Um, yeah, happy for them. I, it was a really. Yeah. Fun, I feel like we're. I mean, we're criticizing the hosting, but the actual experience was tremendous. Um, it really was like being inside a reality show. Which is, it was. It was really, yeah. really cool. So thank you to all the people at Netflix for inviting Mina so that she could invite me so that I could get to experience this night. Any other big takeaway, Mina? Any final note here on season four of Love is Blind for you? Is this is this currently your favorite reality television show? Has it vaulted to the number one spot? It is, yeah. It really has overtaken most of the other... Like I... The, the delayed release this time... I get why they did it, but I, every week I was like, oh my God, fiending. And it had so many incredible moments, The, you know, from the meet, Zach and Arena seeing each other for the first time, Tiffany sleeping, uh, the pool party in Mexico with Kwame, Micah, everything that happened with Zach and Arena in Mexico, Zach seeing Bliss for the first time, Jackie, the coffee shop, actually almost fell off the treadmill when they revealed that when she didn't show up to the dress thing. And then, of course, again, we're saying, you know, it, clearly stuff was left out, but being genuinely surprised in the weddings, like it's it's incredible television. So credit to the show. It is really, really entertaining. Yeah, it is. It is gripping. It is absolutely taking over. It is reality dating at its finest. And I know we are already excited for the next season. Disappointed we didn't get to ask Zach in person about his owl portrait <laughs> that we saw featured very prominently. But that journalism is going to have to hang out and uh, wait for another day. Uh, Mina, can't thank you enough. Uh, whenever you're ready to start your reality television contestant <laughs> consulting business, I will happily fund the project. Thank you, friend. Thanks. Boom. Money in the bank. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.